WFAE's David Borex has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. R&D in the QC, episode 77. Tonight we talk about the big news that wasn't that big from Chief Putney and tonight's strategy session. That's right, folks. Episode 77, R&D in the QC. This episode is brought to you by Tums. Why? <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just thought we should have an episode brought what to you by What was that something. called? The, the heart, Heartburn Turn. Heartburn brought to you at by Roval. Tums at Heartburn Turn at the Roval. Have we talked since the Roval? Uh, I think we talked after the scooter race, but not after the race race. And uh, Chase Elliott went into Heartburn Turn, ran straight into the wall, then came back and won the race. Yeah, I was wondering, why didn't he turn the wheel? Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to have him on and ask him. Brought to you by Tums. Maker of Heartburn Turn. So, Larkin, tell us what happened today. It's a weird day. We, we have a lot of, there's a lot of chicken littles in this town. I feel like we're not back in the swing. I feel like we've been on this period of like meeting and then taking and a week off. In the funk. And no, no one knows like what to do. People are calling people by the wrong names. We're not in a groove. Yeah, we're not in a groove. But anyway, um, there's some breaking news tonight. Yeah. Not breaking that I mean, anyone who's been paying attention, but well, right. So what we have all known, and I don't just mean we, the council, but the public, we, the people, or anyone p- paying attention, was that Chief Kerputney, CMPD Chief of Police, staying through the RNC in summer 2020, and then going to be retiring shortly thereafter. Um, today there was news about how that process is going to take place and what the the plan is um, between now and then. And people lost their minds. They lost their minds, dude. Um, because I, of... It's like with the media, like, like the, there's a couple topics in the last couple of weeks where they have literally, our phones all blow up at the same time. And it's amusing because it ends up not being half the story they either A, thought, or B, hoped it would be. So, so just to clarify for everyone um, who maybe wasn't paying attention as closely as, as some should have been... Um, we have known for a while that Chief Kerr Putney is on the verge of retirement. He's about to hit that age. And as we've learned, especially with, with police officers uh, or public servants from a first responder perspective, you know, they, they watch their, their retirement dates very closely. It's a very specific, calculated thing. Uh, and um, while there are details, of course, that we didn't know, and we learned some more details in closed session today. And some more will be discussed Later really on. his to discuss, exactly, not ours. Exactly. On Wednesday at the press conference. While, while 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 there were those details that we did learn, we knew all along that, that this was going to be the case, that he was going to be retiring. We just, one, got to some more details today, and two, it got into the public in which we had to scramble around and, and answer some things, which, for what I'm sure, is going to be 11 o'clock's lead story on every single thing if it wasn't at 7 not o'clock Vision as Zero. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the... The 30-second Reader's Digest version here is he is going to 
technically retire in January. He's going to take two months off. He's going to come back on March 1st. He will be the chief. Uh, there'll be an interim for those 60 days. He will work as chief through the RNC in August and in September of 2020. He will officially and fully retire, um, and which he has got the service and the time in the department to do. Uh, but I guess the only thing that caught anybody's eye was the word that Chief Putney's retiring. Well, A, we knew that was coming in about a year anyway. And B, yes, he's technically re retiring on January 1st and then coming back. Um, and I forget even the right term for it, but he'll be coming back as a retiree. Hiatus? <laughs> well, no, but I mean, he'll be coming back as a retired, someone who's working for the department and working for the city. But Undead. <laughs> I think that's just zombies. Um, either way, I mean, there was nothing about this that was shocking yeah. or problematic. We've got a strong group of deputy chiefs that in that 60 second or 60, <laughs> just about 60 seconds, in that 60 day interim period, um, I have no concerns that there will be a lapse in leadership there. Yeah, I mean, look, Deputy Chief Estes today withstood a barrage of questions about freaking chime or what is it uh a ring. The company we just chime, got. ring but um the two things that again i, I think are uh, additional points of 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 kind of focus for this is one um as you mentioned earlier there's a reason uh for for the details we learned today that are happening um it's a it's a personnel matter the police chief works for but the really city more manager. of a technicality yeah, it's more of a tech that we're we are not it is not right for any of us to talk about it because it's a personnel issue but the chief could talk about it if he wants he doesn't have to all i will say is that and i'm i'm assuming you felt the same way when it was explained to us it made sense it seemed logical and it wasn't like some big mystery as it the relates sky to is not falling. yeah exactly so that's that's one thing. I think the other thing that uh, you know, I hear a lot of people freaking out. I'll be interested to watch the news to see how they portray it. I'm sure I can already guess how it'll be. But like, bum, it, bum, bum. It, yeah, it's not it's not something where it's like we have to have every answer right now. It's not like okay, well, who's the interim chief, and then who who's on the search committee, and what will be the factors? Will it be internal, external? We don't know, but that's okay. We don't know because the chief has given us in his commitment to staying on an 11 month runway to do a proper interim search and then a final kind of replacement search. Right. There's very few times that with somebody that high in the organization, you're going to have that kind of lead time to know when they're leaving Ex 11 and months and be able to create a plan. Exactly. So we're in a very good position. Um, Amazing position. This is not a, this is not a significant, story. but you know, you know, and yet it will, and it will lead on every channel. It will. Like, I, I with, hope with headlines of, Chief Putney to retire. I, I did a few interviews today purposely uh, jumping in there because the one thing I really wanted to emphasize, and I know several of you felt the same way, is this this how shouldn't be about be fear. Chief. How much I want to be the police chief. I mean, I you know. I, I think there's one or major, one major bullet point on your resume that's missing. And that is sure. having any <laughs> You're right. sort of qualification I should, I, well, to exactly. be in charge of any law enforcement. So running division. for sheriff makes more sense for someone like me. There's a new sheriff in town. I get a foam cowboy hat. We just we figure it out from there. Then I've got the experience on my resume who's, for police chief. Who's the cartoon character that has the, the <laughs> six shooters and the giant hat? What's his name? Oh, I know who you're talking about. He's got the red mustache. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> While you're looking that up, I'll finish my thought of saying, um, I hope this, I in those interviews and, and kind of the message I hope this floodlight on this topic today brings is 
rather than fear and, and ridiculousness, really a time for us to reflect as a city on what an amazing uh, person and leader that Kerr Putney is. I'll pause. Clearly, you found, well, and how you did found we, the image. How did we both forget Yosemite Sam? Yosemite Sam, dude. I say, I say, I say, I say, son. We've talked about that many a time, actually. I say, I'm going to be that, the sheriff. That's it. I, I, it kind of looks a little like me. That is going to, that would be you. If you got elected sheriff, I can only imagine I say, what, what a buffoon you would dress like. We will bring back 287G. No, too soon. Okay. So, um, back to the, the serious point. I hope that, uh, that everyone takes a moment to reflect on what a national treasure we have in our own backyard, Chief Kerr Putney. Since 2015, he's been the chief for nearly three decades, I believe. He has been um, he has been part of CMPD, um, and and most importantly to me, he's a guy who really first and foremost cares about looking after and taking care of the men and women in blue who obviously have a different reality now that. Um, the world has changed over the last five to seven years for, for being a police officer. So they need air cover more than ever. Um, of course, sometimes, uh, occasionally, a very small number of them do something wrong. And Kerr was one of the first people to make sure that everyone knew that was unacceptable. But the vast majority of them are just grinding it out, doing their best day in and day out, protecting the community. And they deserve and need someone like Kerr. Um, and those characteristics he has. We may not need the exact same person for the next five to 10 years, um, but that is absolutely a characteristic we have to continue. Maybe our next chief could smile sometimes. No, I like that kind of no BS thing. I mean, he'll he'll smile. He just he has to like you to smile. No, I'm assuming you've just never seen I think that's only if it. like his face is having like a spasm that it looks yeah. like a smile. <laughs> he so accidentally here, smiles sometimes. So here is something that maybe you could do to honor chief since he is a national treasure. Consider it done. I think maybe you call up Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. In National Treasure? You have him make a fourth movie in the series. National Treasure 4? Chief Putney. Did you just look up how many National Treasures there were on your phone? I knew it. But credit. There was no way you knew there were three National Treasures. for me to know that there were multiple National Treasure movies. (laughs) And that Nicolas Cage was in them. I only had to look up the number. You're so ridiculous. You know nothing. I'm bringing back uh, the the pop, pop culture trivia. You need to be a count, held to account, for your lack of knowledge of pop culture. Do you understand that? No. So, Kerr Putney. Um, okay, here's one. Name one character that appeared in the movie Hot Fuzz. I texted you about this over the weekend. I know it's a movie about law enforcement officers. <laughs> oh, that is correct. I'm going to guess that one of their names is Fuzz. Uh, no. No. Hot, though, was one of the, the guy's names. No, it wasn't. No, it's true. Dude, it's amazing. Simon Pegg. Okay. Um, anything else on Putney before we go to strategy session? No, I think we did it. All right, so in a lightning round, what do you got? We talked about – actually, we we approved the 12-month pilot for the new business we did. Inve- lot of, investment lot, grant. A lot of uh, – a lot of time and work in the making there to make that happen tonight. But I think that's exactly what we need. It's the kind of flexibility we need while not giving away taxpayer dollars, um, you know, uh, but enabling us to be more flexible with high growth companies and companies where we do have a competitive disadvantage to another city who is also trying to woo them where we can give rebates on taxes um, to, in order to try to entice them here. And one of the big takeaways I think that, 
most folks will care about is that this gives us the opportunity to offer these sort of tax rebates to companies who are providing jobs that we see as good career paths for people that we're, we're looking to provide opportunity for in our community, um, in high growth, in high growth sectors. So, I mean, it's, it's focused not just on the physical and maybe financial investment that a company is making in infrastructure and, and buildings or assets, but it's looking at the investment they're making in their people and the opportunities that the jobs they're bringing give to our citizens. So I think that when we talk about economic development, that I think is most important to most people is what kind of jobs does it create for, for folks here. And so um, that's a big focus of this new policy, which will be on a 12-month pilot. We also talked about Vision Zero and StreetsMap. StreetsMap? Yeah. StreetsMap. StreetsMap. Um, Who marketed and designed that name? I think it's I think it's just a working title. StreetsMap? Uh-huh. I, I, I say we keep it. Um, What's a SMAP? So StreetsMap. StreetsMap. Is... <laughs> kind of categorizing all the different streets and identifying certain streets that should be treated in certain ways based on the amount of traffic that they get the you know the size of the road where it, where it is where it goes um it uses brand new smapping technologies <laughs> i don't know why that's so funny i mean there wasn't even a typo on the agenda it says streets map streets map um we also talked about vision zero which is our effort to get our traffic related fatalities down as low as possible. I was encouraged to see, I don't know if you'd seen, I'd not seen the graph that said, and it wasn't just one year to the next, which would not necessarily indicate anything significant because like we talk about with our murder rate or or anything else, some of these things can just ebb and flow Mm -hmm. with no real predictability. However, uh, when you look at traffic related fatalities in 2016, 17, 18, uh, they were fairly steady and fairly consistent and over the amount of time that we've gone through in 2019, we are 25% lower. So a lot of the stuff that we're doing, and it is very multifaceted, infrastructure-wise, it's sidewalks, it's bike lanes, um, it's crossing beacons, things like that. There's educational efforts that CMPD and CDOT are undertaking in terms of educating the public uh, around being a safer pedestrian, cyclist, um, driver, whatever, and um, infrastructure, education. And enforcement, and so we're talking too about some of what CMPD is doing around seatbelt enforcement, DUI enforcement, speeding enforcement, um, and all those things are actually starting to move the needle. So I think that's encouraging. It's encouraging. I, I just uh, like like you said, um, I don't want to get too wrapped up in any of those data points and trends because you know I, I just, nobody knows man nobody knows exactly it's good to see that we're, we're makes making it progress more significant that we're, that right. we're looking at three years where exactly. it was pretty steady that's right not just looking at one right but at the same time if it, if it spikes back up next year everyone's gonna say what are we doing so wrong you know it's just it's it's too much of a macro thing to be able to do that but it is pro it is it is uh, uh encouraging yeah it's snapping um we talked about um we talked about ring we got to really talk about well, ring. You skipped one. Well, what did I skip? Wastewater master plan. That's probably not going to interest people too much. Although it's probably as important as anything we talked about. I watched the Netflix. You have Netflix, right? You've heard of I that? Do, yes. Netflix. I even know how to use it. Do you? Uh, I'll believe that when I see it. Um, they uh, there's this do- uh, new if documentary you're me on to there. Netflix and chill with you. The answer is no. Would you? 
I would not. Coding Bill Gates. Coding, decoding Bill decoding Gates. Decoding Bill Gates. Have you seen that? I haven't watched the whole thing yet. Watched two episodes. Documentary? Yes. Or like a docu-series. Docu-series. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I'm full of words. Um, it's, uh, it's really the, the first words. episode talks about how the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation um, drilled into the specific topic of um, um, malaria. It's kind of, yeah, it's like well, children dying from, I guess, malaria, children With dying from diarrhea. And, well, um, like the, 12% of children or something in the world were dying from diarrhea. Like extreme dehydration. and Yeah, so it, it what they were saying in there, and I'm, I'm, I'm messing this up, but um, over, a lot of the other focus that had been done on this was on uh, clean water. And when really there's a huge piece of like sanitation leading to clean water. So they did this thing, this partnership with all these universities and all this other stuff where essentially they, they, they were like, look, the way the United States has created this kind of, you know, stormwater or, um, or wastewater, uh, piping and things like that is not like, it's not something that's scalable in third world countries. Like it would cost $30 billion to do it in one community and then it wouldn't even be operational. So they were like, how can the, the, the challenge was, how do we create a toilet by itself that almost can like do some kind of like circular economy type thing Composting with the poops and peas? Yeah. So that just made me think of just a really interesting point of, I had always just kind of assumed this is the way that wastewater treatment works when in fact it in, happened in a very specific way probably, for but. us and it evolved to this point. And maybe it isn't, you know, how far technology has gone. Maybe it isn't the most optimal way to do this stuff in the future. Well, it might be if you have the means to do it, but many of the countries you're referring to don't. But even, but he, he agreed. But I'm saying even more than that, just because this is all we know, and this is how all of our cities are capitalized and invested from an infrastructure perspective, maybe that, maybe it no longer makes, you know, not no longer now, but like in 20 or 30 or 50 years from now, makes sense that that's how it works here. Just things I think about on a random weekend. All right. I'll call you. You come over and we'll Netflix. I don't want to Netflix with you. Um, but yeah, we've got some investments coming out. So Stormwater, Charlotte Water is going to do a, a master stormwater plan for kind of looking forward our next couple of decades. Uh, it involves bringing a new wastewater treatment site online that'll be on the Catawba River north of Interstate 85. We've got two older facilities that are over 100 years old now, so trying to do some kind of legacy planning on that front. And when we talk about water, stormwater, wastewater, um, those are all pretty, pretty boring topics to most people. And yet when we are looking at our development trajectory, um, sometimes they're the biggest hurdles that we run into because we say we don't have the capacity in those types of infrastructure to accommodate the growth in an area like South end or something. And so um, it's not, a sexy project, as I can vouch for, and my constituents in Dilworth can vouch for, when you go to replace 100-year-old infrastructure, it is not a painless process. It involves tearing up streets and um, really inconveniencing people for long periods of time. Uh, but they're critically important, and when we don't get it right, uh, we end up with much, much bigger problems. But it's you know, it's, it's tough to put that much money of a budget into stuff like that. And then no one ever sees it. But, mm -hmm. um, if you don't, you'll, uh, you'll know you didn't at some point when it catches up to you. And, um, so we got to stay ahead of that stuff. And then, yes, we talked about ring doorbells, which it is clear. No one understands 
Well, it's a, it's deep smapping technology that enables it, so we can't expect people to get it. I think you are overusing the word smapping and overestimating the humor in that joke. It's just not funny. It's just saying. not funny. I, you can use it as much as you want, but if you're thinking you're using it for comedic effect, you're not. Uh, but it's funny to me, which means it's funny to you. No. Okay. Um, Ring doorbells. Yeah. Technology is confusing. I don't know how, how to, I mean. So we had like five of the eight council members that were there tonight. I think that. Let me get this like straight. Needed like a primer on like how the internet works. A primer? That's the word. It's not primer? I think it's kind of like tomato, tomato. Mm, okay. So yeah, I agree. That was super Listeners weird and weigh frustrating. In. Let us know what the pronunci- correct pronunciation is. But yeah, it's frustrating when. If, if that is a high priority or you have a lot of questions you want to ask about that, understanding that technology is probably a conversation that you Do should have offline. with staff, staff offline, and then you come to the meeting understanding the technology and debate the merits of it or the ethics of it or the whatever. There, there were two angles that were annoying here. One was, all to your point, all the people that like literally were like, oh, but you put the files in the computer? I don't understand. So it was, there was that kind of basic stuff. And then, and you know... I understand Braxton's angle here, I think, and where he's trying to go, but like this is way out of our wheelhouse. Like he 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 sees something that thinks there could be some civil liberty type type element to it, but it is so far out of scope for city council and a municipality. I mean, we're talking about literally the co- the company Amazon and the fact that they have an AI company they also purchased and one day they could use this to racially profile those and i mean it's just it was so it it was really far out there i understand maybe there is some little point buried in there somewhere in some hypothetical scenario but to take our time behind behind the the, the or it's a thing that that would be a good investigative report for the new york times to dig into sure what exactly what is amazon what is amazon doing with the data it collects from all of the things that you buy for your Charlotte smart house City and your council inter- uncovers but it's not you know cmpd is working with amazon and ring doorbells to get video with that user's permission get video not just permission like they have to opt in opt in to say here's Which, this one video to look at um somebody was jingling my hand yeah then they can go back and get the video from your across the street neighbor if that across street neighbor allows it to see if they can get a good image of the person who broke into your car. So it is, for a crime-fighting purpose at a local level, it is useful. Uh, I'm comfortable with it. From a macro perspective of privacy and and rights and what is Amazon doing with all this stuff, that is a conversation to be had. I don't think it's a conversation to be had at Charlotte City Council meetings. Agreed. Um, what else? Do we have anything else? I think that was it. Have you seen these videos of uh, the Salt Bay? Please tell me you have. I don't know what that means. Oh my! Do I teach you everything? Awesome! I taught you about Trulies and White Claws. You, you didn't teach me. Oh, about I definitely I, did. I, I taught. When you smile like that, you know that means I'm telling the truth. <laughs> no, I'm smiling because we're talking about hard seltzer on our <laughs> podcast. You I might taught have, you, you about Trulies and might White Claws. You might have taught me the saying. Um, that they know laws when you're drinking claws. But then in turn, I taught you that they know rulies when, when you're drinking truly. That is true. You did. But <laughs> so we're even. I taught you how to drink them. And you <laughs> like, love them. Like now. everything else. Yeah. 
You love them. Just but anyway, the well, I'm going to teach you the next thing that you need to know. You need to go friend this guy on social media and follow his videos. Salt Bay. That's B A E. Salt Bay. He does. He there's no talking. He just goes in there and cuts meats in different ways and grills them. It's amazing. Sounds paint dryingly boring. Oh, well, we'll get an update once you've seen a few videos, maybe in the next episode. Salt. That means you think I'm going to go watch the videos. Oh, you definitely will, because I'll make you. I'll show them to you. I went to the U.S. Women's Soccer match on Thursday. That was fun. I saw. Yeah, they I saw, won two I saw to nothing. Pictures. Seemed a it little hot that day for me. Degrees. Seemed a little hot for me. I, I, I was going to not do that. Yeah. Um. So was that cool? Rapino, uh, did she make any? Uh, she had an assist, I think. Did she? Uh, did she have any any press? My, my fave, uh, my fave, Alex Morgan was injured and, and did not play, unfortunately. Mm. Um, cool. How was the? I've never been inside the stadium for a soccer match. How was it? It's cool. They they did not seat the upper deck. They but they almost sold out the lower bowl. Um, over thirty thousand attendees. Does it look awkward yeah, with no, the upper bowl empty? No. Um, it, it looked good, and I think, you know, we talk about MLS. If if you put an MLS team in there, I think they would do more to – if you were just going to sell the lower bowl, I think you would do more to aesthetically kind of treat the upper bowl with some kind of decorative tarps or some kind of, you know, screen. <laughs> tarps. That sounds great. Well, no, I mean, I think like, that there's ways that, blue? that you would make it – you would kind of decorate a little more than a one-off event. But um, no, it, it looked good. It was loud. Um, the problem was <laughs> there was no air moving whatsoever in this 95 degree humid day. Oh, so they shot off brutal. all these fireworks. Oh. And then there's like smoke on the field for the whole first half. Oh, like the, the smoke, like the, the fireworks smoke didn't go anywhere because the air wasn't moving. And you're all just breathing it in, well, sweating it out. <laughs> it was just hazy. Like it was, it sounds terrible. It was like the game was played in fog for the first half. Like 10 years from now, there's going to be commercials. Did you go to the U.S. women's soccer match? <laughs> Call Crumley and Twin. What is that? What is Crumley and Roberts. I'm not even sure if that's like one of those firms. But That's it, dude. That's um, it. If it is one of those firms, um, they owe us money for advertising. That's true. Welcome, or, Crumley or and Roberts. Or if it's not, they're it's probably like going to sue us They got their sleeves rolled up, arms crossed. We'll fight for you. Firework fog. Mm. Anyway. We've really stretched this one out. Anything else you'd like to talk about? Not a thing. It's 8.53 in the p.m. We can get home, watch a little Monday Night Football, Monday Night Raw, whatever you're into. I'm just going to go to bed. Yeah, it is way past your bedtime. Although, go Baker Mayfield. I'm going to need you to score about 40 points tonight for my fantasy football team. And mm. so far, you've thrown an interception and lost a fumble and have negative four points. So we're I also start. need Baker Mayfield to do something. Well, um, That's to invent a time machine and go back and help several of my players from Sunday. Yeah. That, no. And that doesn't work? Nope. All right. You're real. Uh, you're real. Uh, ready to go home? Yes, ready I Ready to am. go home, aren't you? All right, man. Over and out. Over and out.